the what's it called when you like pain masochism is that being a masochist uh i don't get into the specific details i just know what my safe word is so <laughs> i'm asking about you but okay i was talking about poppy and castile bitch i think the tequila has caught up with me <laughs> is that not what it's called being a masochist when you like the pain i think so you want me to look it up no, I mean, I was just curious. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Clearly, I have very vanilla sex. Hey, Siri, what is a masochist? Definition of the word masochist is someone who obtains pleasure from receiving punishment. There we go. Okay, I mean, that's kind of that. Close. Welcome back, bitches, to the Booked and Boozy podcast. It is your co-host, Jada. And Brooke. And we are so excited to be bringing you today A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Jada has been waiting for me to read this book. This is actually kind of a surprise episode because we were only going to do From Blood and Ash before I have to take some time away. And then we were like, nope, screw it. We're going to do it. (laughs) And so I read the whole book in like three days just to binge and get ready to put this out here for you guys. So I hope you enjoy. And I just want to let you guys know that our little, our little Libra star over here. Okay. Like she worked hard for this. She is team slow reach. She doesn't do the three day binge. Like that is not her thing. (laughs) She is like a slow and steady and savor type of gal. So we, we did this for you guys because we were like, okay, like we don't know how long like Brooke will be out. And like, she's gifting you she is gifting me right now with this episode so like i'm super excited to get into it oh my gosh yeah it took me like four hours to read 100 pages (laughs) (laughs) when jada and i read blood and honey together we might have mentioned this in the episode but i was like 200 pages ahead of jada and we were like reading the book together like on facetime and she caught up to me and then passed me and finished the book Um, yeah, I don't know, which honestly, like when you tell me that I'm like a fast reader, it like blows my mind because when I was in school, I was like very slow. I had to like get tutored in like phonics and like stay after school. And my mom was like doing flashcards and they were like, this bitch is dumb. Well, it paid off Jada's mom. (laughs) Like, sorry. It's just when I'm interested in something, okay? That's when I go to town. My binge mechanism kicks in and it's like, we are in overdrive, honey. (laughs) That is like a true characteristic that you have. You have like a binge part of your brain that flips on. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. All right, so what are you drinking tonight, Jada? Well, I am drinking a little concoction that I made that is on our Instagram page right now called Atlantean Blood. It literally, like when she sent me the picture of it, it looked like blood. And so like, I was like trying to like come up with something and it looked like the first thing that came to my my mind was Craven's Blood. And that name kind of goes, I was like, ooh, that kind of like, but then I was like, I remember how that Atlantean blood tastes. Like, we cannot, that is Atlantean blood right there. (laughs) We have to give credit where it's due. Right. And so it has crushed up raspberries and mint, a squeeze of lemon, and it has two shots of tequila in it and topped with club soda. But what the, the fun thing is, though, I bought some, like, drink glitters because we're trying to, like, make some really cool drinks for you guys like on TikTok and stuff like that. And so it has silver glitter in it and I feel fancy as fuck. Like the vibes are here tonight. I need some of this drink glitter. That is like right up my alley, like alcohol and glitter. (laughs) I feel like that describes me. What are you drinking today, Brooke? Well, I'm going a little lighter because I'm having surgery in two days. And so I'm not trying to throw my tolerance out of whack and just being like a crap ton of pain. I'm a nurse and I don't even know if that's how it works, but it's better to be safe than sorry. So 
I just grabbed, um, it's a Bud Light Seltzer strawberry flavored. That's what I'm going to drink. And if it's not enough, I've got a pineapple one right here. So not trying to get wasted, but have like a nice buzz where we can talk about like the 5,000 sex scenes in this book. <laughs> I know, and give you some right? content. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump into the polls. So I have the first poll. We're doing this a little bit differently. The second poll is going to be in the second episode. So we give you a little bit more of an intro on our part two, since that's pretty much going to be our vibe. Like we've decided that a one episode thing is like not us. It's never going to happen. It's not us. Like <laughs> Unless it's less than a hundred pages. It's just not us. <laughs> so for the first poll, which would you rather have the mating bond or a heartmate. 75% of you guys said the mating bond and 25% of you said a heartmate. Jada, what do you think about those results? I'm not surprised, but I'm very conflicted because to be honest, From Blood and Ash is my favorite series. So you think I would choose heartmate, right? Mm -hmm. However, I think I like the idea of the mating bond a little bit more, even though they're extremely similar. What are your, what is your take on that? I'm very surprised to hear you say that, but actually I have the same opinion because we don't know a lot about the heartmate yet. And we don't really even know if Castile and Poppy are heartmates. It's just mentioned a couple times. And so are there some little perks in there or is it just like a cute word for soulmate? Is there something, you know, because the mating bond comes with like this internal dialogue that you can kind of go back and forth between your partner. You can feel when somebody's in distress, like you've got this additional thing other than just like, Oh, I love you. You've got like a bond and you've got something more. And right. so like that, until we learn more about the heartmate, like mating bond is definitely the way to go which I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot more. I mean, we know Jennifer um, literally just posted that there are going to be like several, several other books coming out. And I'm just kind of like, I am here for this fucking roller coaster ride. Just like, please don't kill anyone. <laughs> Important. <laughs> you can kill Alistair. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to talk about that. All right. All right, guys, so it's your girl Jada here to start us off. We know I'm always on the struggle bus with this one, but we are going to pull through together because I feel like it starts off pretty strong. Um, and that's something I really love about this book because I feel like we pick up right where we left off. When there's a lot of books in the series, sometimes we don't always pick up right where the cliffhanger left us. And I can't, I can't handle that type of shit. Like, especially with the kingdom of flesh and fire, please, Jennifer, like, don't do this to me. Like start off right where we ended, like, just like last time. And I'll be like, okay, I will survive. <laughs> so Castile tells Poppy that he is taking her home to get married. And she was like, am I hallucinating? Because am I actually considering this right now? And I'm like, yes, girl, you are considering it. I'm considering it. We're all going to get married. It's going to be the joining like for us together. Um, but she was like, no, I need to chill out. Like he betrayed me. I just found out I'm like half Atlantean. There was a little truth bomb at the end. And she was like, this is a really shit proposal. Anyways, it's like if I ever was going to get proposed to, which I know as the maiden, I was supposed to be some pure holier than thou bitch, but like clearly I'm not. Um, this sucks. So yeah, we're going to go with that. And overall, she is struggling with the idea of the man that she thought he was. And she kind of like goes throughout this entire Hawk versus Castile thing throughout the rest of the book. Hawk kept repeating that a marriage can only occur between two Atlanteans if both halves are standing on the soil of their home, princess. And she said to herself, I wonder how much of that nickname was a coincidence. And girl, same. I want to know the deets. It's starting to click. It's like, oh, like, like this is the plan all along. 
Which I, I don't no. think it was. Yeah. But like subconsciously, it was there. And that honestly might be where the heartmate thing comes in. Because he started calling her that in the red pearl, which at that point he was not even considering this option of marriage. He was just going to use her for leverage. Right. And so that being said, even Castile's peers were like, bitch, have you lost your mind? Cause I'm a find it bro. Like I know the pussy game is strong, but like what happened to the original plot of the movie? (laughs) What are we doing? And this dude, Landel, poor soul doesn't make it very long. Um, he was making some decent points in the beginning, but he kind of took it too far and like basically made Poppy flinch at like some of the insults that he was throwing at her. And it took him two seconds to get across the table and he ripped his heart out and threw it on the dinner table. I mean, that's my kind of man. Like y'all know, I, we love the vampire diaries. And I was like, wow, like, this is a fucking moment right here. Like, he knows the way to my heart. Like, stand up for my fucking honor. But, like, violence. Violence gets shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, so but that's a little much. Because, like, at first I was like, wow, that's a little much, you know? Just for, like, threatening her. But at the same time, like, he knew it was at stake. And we kind of delve into it later. Like, he knows that if one stands up, it might rally a bunch of other people to stand up and he's got to cut that shit out. Which is true. But besides that, let me just make it clear. I prefer Castile over Hawk and this is why. Castile was like, and I would do it again. And... (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And he kind of gave like this side comment to her, like at least I gave him a dignified quick death <laughs> with well, like the people hanging in the hall <laughs> i was like damn like okay you already got your point across but like we you can do it again that's fine poppy is still not impressed with him at this point she's like this is not this is not doing it for me like this is a little much like i'm there i'm just learning all these new things and you're just like doing all these things and it's just like a lot right now so please chill the fuck out we meet alistair i fucking hate him i'm just gonna go ahead and say that right now like i never liked him from day one and we'll get into that later but this is this is my mindset we as the readers are like hold up like this man must be some fucking mancho gangster because Cass was like please do not fight me in front of him any other time but not now ho also, side note, because Kieran takes her back to her room and Jericho is still alive from the last book. He's still hanging there whimpering on the wall. Like, that's a nice little detail to leave in. But as Kieran was taking her back to her room, he, like, stopped for a second. There's just so much to unpack here in, like, the first couple pages. <laughs> stops and starts smelling her. Oh, God, here we go. And it's like, what the fuck? You know that me and Brooke have a fucking problem with the smell thing. Like, someone is always smelling each other, like, in the fucking fantasy books, and I can't take it, okay? But (laughs) (laughs) this one takes the cake. so far. (laughs) I know, but this one takes the cake, though. I feel like you will agree with me because he's like, um... (laughs) You smell like death. (laughs) And she's like, um, okay, I'm going to go kill myself now. Like, (laughs) I hope that's not what I smell like to everyone else. Thanks. Then I'll (laughs) smell like death. (laughs) Right. Thanks for that fucking information. But other than that clusterfuck of information, Poppy tells Kieran that she knows she's just a chess piece in Castile's game to get his brother back. And Kieran was like, bro, like, why would he marry you and then ransom you off? Like, that feels like a little much, even for Castile. And he said he has done many things, but he is the one thing in all the kingdoms that you and only you never have to fear. Except for the one scene in the next book where he, like, is attacking her 
Make sure you stay around for part two because I will be going into detail about that episode. But, um, you know, other than that, she's been pretty safe so far. She can handle her <laughs> fucking own. <laughs> she Poppy. just got to keep giving him that honeydew. Uh, just stop. Yeast <laughs> infection shit. Like, I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> Poppy was like, Karen is a liar. I'm still pissed at this betrayal. Also, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to go my own way. And she just, oh. like, she's like, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> and decides to go gallivanting into the woods with her tiny little knife. Like, bitch, what is going on? She's like about to die from hypothermia. Kieran. Yeah, I know. Like, a, oh my God. <laughs> you know what? There we go. At least she's better than that. <laughs> but Castile and Kieran pop out of the woods and she was like, I will fight you. But Castile was like, no, bitch, you're going to fight me. So Castile and Poppy start sword fighting and Kieran is just in the back watching them eye fuck each other while beating the shit out of each other. It's like kind of their thing. So he's like, I'm going inside so I can at least be warm. Like y'all have fun. You guys are doing great, sweetie. Uh, However, they were interrupted because the mist began to form and the cravens appeared. Poppy was like, shit, I didn't even think that they would be out here. And Cass was like, bitch, really? You didn't think that they would be out here? And you came out here with this tiny ass knife? Like (laughs) butter knife? (laughs) Thank God you have fucking half a lynchian blood in you. But like, other than that, let's go. So they end up making a game out of like fighting the craven. And it's like, I was like feeling this and it was like heated. They head back after they pretty much took out the whole craven plan. And Poppy says, I will never stop trying to escape. And Cass says, I will never stop trying to fight for you. I mean, it just like, it's like salty and sweet. Like it gives me all the flavors. It gives me everything that I want. Castile comes back after him and Kieran had burned the Craven's bodies. Castile comes back after him and Kieran had burned the Craven's bodies and he takes a bath in her dirty bath water. Gross. And um, Brooke was very upset because he started to go on about how he can't wait to like take an actual shower and she had snapchatted me during this and she was like i'm just gonna pretend that i did not read that they have electricity like this is not what i want in my life this is a period piece and you can't change my mind this is like late 1700s for me there is no electricity no same though like i wanted it to stay in like this like no computer no like no easy outs yes exactly like that's what i wanted but i mean we just going to block that out. I'm sure it's going to be in the next couple books, <laughs> but it's fine. You're be like driving cars like by book four. <laughs> I'm going to be like, block it out. <laughs> we find out that Castile's full name is Castile Hawkthorne Denier. And that when he was a small child, his mother and his brother always used to use the name Hawk. And that's why he chose it when they were invading Macedonia. This means something to Poppy, even though she doesn't want to admit it. Part of her struggle is she kind of felt like everything was a lie, which like, I don't blame her. Everyone in her life has been lying to her, even those like unintentionally doing so just like not having her back like there's no trust anywhere to be found I don't even know how she has the strength to trust anyone at all but he tells her this and confirms to her that like basically I'm telling you this because I want you to know that everything wasn't a lie and like there is truth to what I have been saying all along and then I mean, he even says out loud you knowing that Hawk is a part of my name is important and she's like do you remind? Because like, if you're just now telling me this, I'm going to stab you again. But we learn that he really doesn't. We kind of like start learning a little bit more about his like past as the dark one. Like he didn't kill the maiden. He does like, he does feel some remorse for some of the things that he did as the dark one, but like killing the maiden wasn't one of them because it didn't even happen. We find out that Atlanteans need Atlantean blood to survive 
which is what I'm doing right now, drinking my Atlantean blood <laughs> drink, survival mode. And that without it, they don't die. They just kind of basically get to the brink of it. Atlanteans also reach their state of maturity at 19 and go through this phase of a culling, which Cass then expresses to her that his gift is that he can compel people. And he also feels that Poppy's gifts are beginning to mature at this point. And we see that throughout the book. They go into a little bit more about the vampires and how they kind of lose their soul. And the question is looming on whether Poppy's brother is basically still alive. And if he is alive, like, does he even have a soul? Like, is he even going to actually care about her? And one of the last things we kind of find out, like, through this dialogue is that Castile had once been a blood bag for the Ascended. That's big. Like, I think it, I think that was a really great choice of her in the story because, like, it just plays so well later on about, like, the struggle that he went through. And, like, I feel like he really understands Poppy because of this. I love that some of the books that we've been reading are very blatantly feminist novels. They're feminist tellings. But it's not so much to the point where the men aren't left out as well. There is a lot of really good substance for male abuse as well, which, again, we've talked about this, but it is an incredibly important narrative well and that's the thing that's what makes it a feminist like that's what makes these books feminist novels because feminism isn't men above women it's not about that it's like how can we like coexist and be equals with each other because it's about balancing each other out it's not about one being above the other Exactly. And so them bringing light to like those types of situations I'm extremely grateful for because like to me, that's representation. I agree. And I think that, you know, there is some like bad light painted around some feminists because some feminists do come at it from not a great angle. But this is the, this is the narrative that we want to tell as feminists. We want to be equal and we want to hear men as well. It, again, like you said, it's not women above men. It's everyone's equal. Everyone matters. Right, exactly. So moving on from that... Poppy wakes up the next day and Castile has already left. And she's like, I'm going to stab his ass because I still haven't seen him and I've been locked up in this bitch all day. It's about to be a prison break. So she was about to bust through the door, but Delano busted through it first. And he was like, bro, are you okay? Like, I feel like I've heard screaming. Like, what is going on? And I thought this was really interesting because Karen already be smelling that bitch like oh god she smells old and then delano is like starting to hear things i'm like what is going on like is she the fucking woven princess or something and we don't know about it i mean i still don't even know (laughs) (laughs) kieran however steps in and takes poppy for lunch and i love their dialogue together i love kieran as a character and Through Kieran, we start to learn a lot because Poppy tends to unload a shit ton of questions (laughs) on him and they have this little banter back and forth and we kind of get into like this, he starts talking about gods and like the blood and ash universe and I'm not going to lie to you guys, I get intimidated by books that have a lot of gods and goddess content because I'm telling you right now, I ain't going to look at the tree. I know they posted the tree. I ain't going to go look at it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm nervous for when we do Percy Jackson. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I just can't physically sit myself down and look at a tree. Like, I literally start from the cover and I finish. Like, I can't do it. But, like, you guys just let me know how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) We were liars all over again with that complicated ass family. It is what it is. It is. So on their way to lunch, they run into Alistair. And I was like, okay, maybe Alistair might not be that bad. But Alistair knew Castile was rushing her off and was like, ah, we have finally crossed paths. Alistair had said he seemed quite taken that Castile had seemed quite taken with her. She was like, well, he's the only one taken with himself. 
which kind of earned her some brownie points, especially to this guy named Emil, which I really think he's probably extremely hot too. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. He bursted out with laughter in the back and was like, I'm taking with you now. I was like, okay, boys got game. All right. My attention is here. And Karen was like, bitch, I'd keep that to yourself. Castile will fucking punt your ass. Alistair kind of makes a good point that he believes Poppy is a second generation Atlantean. But Kieran is like, your abilities make you appear like your first generation. So we're kind of like in this balancing thing. However, I have a very good theory at the end. Uh, Poppy kind of thinks back to what the lady said at the Red Pearl. And she said, you are like a second daughter, but not in the way you intend Hmm. is it just me or is just like the dynamics of like (laughs) the generations and all of the like (laughs) all of the different like deities and like the atlanteans feed off the atlanteans but they can't make cravens only ascendants make cravens like that confuses me sometimes no it does confuse me but i just keep going (laughs) i'm like i'm like i'll figure it out later (laughs) (laughs) like way over my head and I'm like yeah whatever but but here's the thing the fact that that lady said like you are like a second daughter but not in the way you intend she's a second daughter to a god like she has to be someone who actually read the fucking family tree please come and tell me I'm right or wrong (laughs) but during like their little questionnaire after like Kieran and Poppy had left we find out a very disturbing And I mean, highly disturbing detail. We've kind of already touched on this. The homeboys, they can smell the scent of arousal. Mm. Why? (laughs) Yeah, I just kept thinking in that moment. I was like, oh my God, like he smelled Castile finger bang her in the woods. Like he smelled that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like to me... As a female, I, you know, we don't like, and this probably doesn't need to go in there. We don't pop. I'm already thinking like we're going to cut this. Yeah. I'm like where you're going. Well, we don't pop boners. So it's like, we could be like fucking sexting at the grocery store. Nobody is going to fucking know. Like no one's got to know, but like. They're going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? <laughs> they're going to know. we don't plan this like we just have tiktoks going through our fucking mind (laughs) (laughs) it's true (laughs) but castile pops in and she's like listen you guys need to shut up about this like or i'll murder you both i'm already mortified she calls him out while they bicker and she says to me you are no better than an ascendant and like the room went silent like this was no fun anymore she just sucked it out of the room But he was like, listen, I need to show you something. They went into an underground memorial of fallen Atlanteans who had died from feedings slash war from the Ascendant. And like this rocks Poppy to the core because it's like she kind of already believed Cass, right? Like she knew what had been done to her was wrong. She knew that the Ascendants were not good people. And she was kind of starting to figure out all these things for herself. However, this really put things into perspective. They head back to the room and they are finally going to talk about this whole marriage thing. And he tells her that he feels she will still be in danger with his people. And that marriage will help reduce their confidence in at least harming her, even though they still may not like her. He goes on to say that his father believes that his brother is basically a goner and it's just too late at this point. He wants to disrupt the moral's belief in the ascendance through their marriage and then eventually bargain the release of his brother and land. After that, he plans to set her free and grant her a divorce if she wishes. And I feel like he made it very clear that like, That's if you want it, Poppy, because he really kind of like leaves it open in the air that he wants this, but she doesn't see that yet. But she finally agrees as long as he attempts to help her save her brother. I am like in love with this scenario and this whole situation because they kind of like 
pretend to be in love in front of oh. everyone else, but like, you know, they in love, like they are like, even if they don't want to admit it yet, like we see it. And it's just like this tension that just makes my heart burn. And I am all about it. I was annoyed with the pretend thing, but we'll get didn't like it. I loved it. We're just kind of like, I'm ready for them to stop fucking pretending. They <laughs> <laughs> <We> already know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's what keeps the tension in this book going. I know, but it was just like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Also, I like, I feel like it was probably hard for her to trust Castile because she's been a prisoner her whole life. And she probably also feels like, well, one, he has trapped her in this room where she can't escape. She feels like a prisoner again, but kind of trapping her in this marriage. Like she's like, am I going to be a prisoner my entire life? So I can see why she would have some trust issues, obviously. Right. And this is why this talk was so important because it kind of like puts it, into her hands and allows her to make a choice. Like she's not a prisoner. We stand. We stand. <laughs> All right, bitch. All right, jumping into part two. So they go to breakfast and Kieran warns Poppy that Cass is basically gonna like pop the question at the table. He's gonna announce their proposal to everyone. And Cass comes in and he sits Poppy right in his lap. And she's like, oh, <laughs> she's like, what is going on here? Because like, again, she was the maiden and she has been very intimate with this man. But like, it's the physical intimacy in front of other people that's throwing her. because She wasn't even allowed to like look in other people's direction. And everyone kind of questions her and they're like, what the fuck is this Castile bitch thinking? Like, <laughs> what's going on? But she stands up for herself. And I'm like, yes, like bad bitch moment. And at the end of the conversation, they kind of go back and forth. She tells basically their story to this group of men. It's almost like Cass is like inner circle, kind of, at least some of them. And at the end, Alistair is like, I like her, but he continues to call her the maiden and that shit will not slide with our guy Cass because he's like, if you call her that one more time, I'm coming for your ass. (laughs) Alistair was kind of clenching his butthole a little bit. He was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it in tight. (laughs) And that like showed, honestly, to me, I was like, oh, because you know, we know he's the prince, he's the dark one, whatever, but these men respect him. And Alistair's very, very old and very respected. And even he was like, oh shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like doing the butthole thing that you can't <laughs> So after that conversation, Alistair asked to speak to Poppy alone. And he's basically like trying to make sure she's not being forced into this. And he's like, I just want you to be 100% sure. And like, he even like gets to the point where he's like, I will offer you help if you need it. Like, I will help you escape. And I was like, I like him. Jada's shaking her head, but I was like, she was like, he sounds like Victor. He almost like had this like fatherly figure to him. And like, he wanted to make sure, cause like he goes into how he had a daughter and how his daughter was who Castile was in love with. And like, it almost made me feel like he was trying to kind of have that fatherly connection with someone else because Castile was almost his son-in-law or like he wanted him to be. So I feel like he was trying to kind of have that connection. And I was like, I like him. Like he, he wants the best for her, but that's what I wanted to believe. However, I feel like he, I don't know. I kind of feel like he knew that was a weak spot for her. And he took advantage of her. And I mean, it shows that in the last, like in the last couple scenes of the book, but it's just kind of like, that's what I wanted. However, something about it kind of made me really hesitant, especially when he started saying like certain things later on in the book. Yeah. I wasn't hesitant at this point. It was later on for me, for sure. So she contemplates his offer and she's like, wow, this guy like really has good intentions for me. But then she's like, That hot cock, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, yeah, never mind. I'm going to (laughs) stay. Namaste. (laughs) 
So she lies and tells him that their love is real. And at this moment, I'm like, like I said, I found my new favorite character, but it, it, I don't know. I don't what? Know. I liked him in the beginning. What the, the uh, favorite character level? Not, not favorite, but like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's always that like soft character that you're like, oh, I really like them. Like it, like in Serpent and Dove, it was Ansel, you know? You know what I'm talking about? The like really soft, like Hufflepuff characters that I'm like, I just want to protect you. <laughs> well, he's a conniving little bitch, so he doesn't need protection. <laughs> <laughs> At this moment, this is how I felt, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Again, he tells her a little bit about the mysterious ex-lover that we've all wanted to know about. And her name was Shay and she was a wolven and she was also Alistair's daughter, but she apparently died. And Alistair says that it's not his tale to tell, even though it's his own daughter. He wants Castile to have that moment with Poppy. So after this, Alistair takes Poppy to the library where she meets back up with Castile and Kieran. Castile tells her that his parents' reign is almost up and that he's next to take the crown because his brother has been captured and they've pretty much given up on him, which sucks, and they want him to marry. Um, after this, she kind of wanders around the library a little bit and she finds old hidden records of the Atlanteans' past and she's flipping through it with Kieran. And they start talking about the different bloodlines. He's like, you know, I kind of think that you're an empath. And she's like, what that? <laughs> <laughs> and they, he kind of like delves into it. He's like, well, they could heal and they could sense other people's emotions. And like, while she was kind of doing some of this, there were like some things that didn't line up. And we kind of get into that later as well. But at this point in the book, you're, everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's probably an empath. Like, we're just going to go with that. But then Niall interrupts them and alerts them to the fact that the Ascenders have found them. So Castile sneaks her outside, and they go around the forest where they kind of hide and just, like, watch from afar at first. And this wagon pulls up with a royal crest, and this guy steps out, and it's Lord Cheney. And I'm like, who this? <laughs> And it's apparently this guy that um, Poppy had known. And she felt like he was a positive presence in her life up until now. He, as well as several guards who turn out to be fellow ascenders, confront the people of New Haven. Basically, they're like, where's the maiden? They're like, she ain't here. But then Miss Tulis steps out. And it turns out that she ratted out their asses to save her own. And the Lord, as Jada likes to say, crack-a-lect, <laughs> her neck, <laughs> for lying. But it turns out she wasn't lying. So the Ascenders figure that out, and basically a big battle breaks out, and the Ascenders begin to attack the people of New Haven. This is the first time, I think this is really important because this is the first time that Poppy actually sees firsthand what Castile has been like trying to tell her this whole time. Like at this point, she believes him, but she's never actually had like physical or visual proof that the Ascenders are evil. And so I think this is a very pivotal moment for her. Castile finally <laughs> jumps out. <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> These are your people. He finally jumps out and antagonizes the Ascenders, telling him that the Maiden is here. And Lord Cheney physically changes. His eyes glow red and his fangs come out and Cass responds with, mine are bigger. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> so Poppy decides to join in on the bloodshed. We're not surprised. But then one of... The Ascenders grabs hold of a young boy and holds him hostage. And Poppy's like, well, shit, I guess I better have to do the right thing here. <laughs> <laughs> and she saves him. She gives herself up to save the boy. Little does she know that her effort did not pay off. So she goes with the guard and he knocks her over the head. The next thing she knows, she's waking up in a wagon, she's heading to Macedonia, and Lord Cheney is at her right. And I'm like, I, I just read Serpent and Dove, so like, I'm getting flashbacks here, like, 
the wagon is not a good place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he tells her that she's important for more reasons than she can even comprehend and that she will usher up a new era of ascended. Oh, fuck. And I didn't, I didn't get this until I reread it just about an hour ago. And I'm in my mind at the time, I was like, what makes this bitch so special? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would there be a new era of ascendant because of her? You know, something, something's different, like, but we don't know what it is yet. And I think she was kind of thinking the same thing. And he says, I don't know how the Tiermans could stand being around you without even having a taste. Yuck. That's disgusting. So they struggled for a bit because Tierman was trying to like get a taste. Uh, Okay. I shouldn't have said it that way, but gross. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Uh. He eventually overcame her and made her arm a snack. He ripped into that thing. But just in time, right before she passes out, Castile rips open the door and comes in and rescues her. And he tells her that even in her efforts to save the boy, they killed him anyways. Uh, and that just, that's like just as bad as like a dog dying in a movie. You know, that's what it kind of felt like for me. Brooke's like, hell no, I hate children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to be like, yeah, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I fucking know your face now. You're just like, mm-hmm. So the next thing she knows, she's in her bed. She's clean. She's in her nightgown. And Cass tells her that he gave her his blood and then he compelled her so she wouldn't try to like (laughs) rack up his bones because we know how that happened the last time. She gets dressed and they go outside and they see a blood tree has basically sprouted over where she had got knocked out the day before. And all the townspeople are like, oh my gosh, it's an omen. Like, what is going on? And... They're like, I don't know. <laughs> Just kind of forget about the tree. I'm like, that might be kind of important, but okay. Right? I'm like, that's a pretty, like, a big detail. Like, we're just going to overstep that? That's fine. <laughs> They're like, okay, next. <laughs> they go back inside, and the castle's basically t- been turned into an infirmary. And without any regard, our fellow nurse-ass bitch, Poppy, <laughs> comes <laughs> To aid. <laughs> oh my god, we are yeah. the same. <laughs> she comes and she tries to take away the pain from all these people. Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> she delighted say ass. <laughs> no, bitch. I said she Florence Nightingaled their oh. ass. <laughs> However, that is also an appropriate measure. <laughs> But some people refuse her. They're, like, kind of scared of her and what she is. But that kind of gets our man Castile's gears going because he's like, this is kind of hot. I need to do it now. (laughs) And, like, pulls her into the pantry where they begin to, quote-unquote, pretend. Which becomes annoying to me. It becomes a very annoying theme throughout the book, but whatever. Jada loves it, but it was very annoying to me. I'm here for it. Also, I'm here for the closet scene as well. Like, I liked the closet scene, but I was just like, be like, be yourselves. Don't be Hawk and Poppy. Be Castile and Poppy and like try to resist each other. But like, don't be like, I'm going to pretend like I don't like you, but we're just going to like finger blast each other. But to (laughs) me, it's, it's sexy because it's like role playing. Maybe I'm just not a role play girl. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) for another time. (laughs) A big old sip. (laughs) Anyways, so they're making out in this pantry, and it's getting a little hot and heavy. But then he pulls back, and he's like, "Mm, "That's enough." (laughs) I'm like okay and poppy's even kind of like okay like don't stop and castile's like don't look at me like that like that wasn't enough and she's like bitch it wasn't <laughs> like and i'm over here like bitch it wasn't 
they shake it off and he's like, I'm gonna let you get yours in a whole different way. And she's like, what? And he like takes her down to the dungeons and Lord Cheney, the man who bit the chunk out of her arm is chained to the wall and she kills his bitch ass. And then Kaz gets horny again. It's a repeating cycle. They're a very kinky couple. Now that I think about it, the role play, like the, what's it called when you like pain? Masochism. Is that being a masochist? Uh, I don't get into the specific details. I just know what my safe word is, so. <laughs> I'm asking about you, but okay. I was talking about Poppy and Castile. Bitch, I think the tequila has caught up with me. <laughs> is that not what it's called, being a masochist when you like the pain? I think so. You want me to look it up? I mean, I was just curious. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Clearly, I have very vanilla sex. Hey, Siri, what is a masochist? Definition of the word masochist is someone who obtains pleasure from receiving punishment. There we go. Okay, I mean, that's kind of that. Close. He, I mean, he likes to be stabbed, but he also likes to see her stab other people. And she also likes to stab. So she's just a serial killer. <laughs> So that night, she wakes up from another nightmare, and it wakes up Cass, and he rolls over, and he's like, do you think you can go back to sleep? And she's like, yeah, prob. Leave me alone. Like, she's acting like she doesn't like him. Like, the typical, like, middle school shit where they kind of, like, shit on each other back and forth, but it's, like, that level of flirting, you know what I mean? He's like, I call bullshit. And he finger bangs her, and it knocks her the fuck out. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, the skill. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like immaculate. The next day they leave for Atlantia and just a sweet moment that I loved, like when they were on the horse, he noticed that she wasn't wearing her gloves in like the cold winter air and he grabs them out of the satchel for her to like put them on. Like he's looking after her and like, he cares so much and I'm like, why can't y'all see it? Like, quit pretending. <laughs> Everyone can see that that shit is fake as fuck. <laughs> it drove me insane, but I, I guess that I guess that's part of it. The slow burn or whatever. But um, they're riding along and she brings up his ex, which is like apparently a no-no because all he says is she's gone. And then he like doesn't talk to her for days. Until finally they come across these weird noose things like hanging from the trees and Castile's like, I guess it's time for me to stop bitching around. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know your trauma, but like three days, like that's a long time. (laughs) And he tells her that the crest is for the Dead Bones clan, which he says usually leaves them alone. But LOL, jokes on them because they cannibal asses come out of nowhere and attack. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good scene, but like the gist of it is, is they kill them all. And then Poppy notices that Castile's pupils are big. Like he's been snorting the forbidden sugar. (laughs) (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) We're all about substances here, but um, not those ones. We don't endorse them. Just disclaimer for legal purposes. (laughs) We get drug tested, so that's why we lean on alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. And he's like, it's nothing. Like, it's fine. And Karen is like, I wish I, like, had words for that because I'm doing the thing with the eyes. Like... He's like looking at her like, looking at him like, okay, like whatever you say. Cause like Kira knows what's going on and like we don't, but Kieran's like, he's in on it. They pull up to this like abandoned ghost town where Castile says the Ascenders killed the whole town and just left them there to rot. So Cass and his men bury them, all 600 plus of them, which that would be a lot of fucking work. And then he says, that he wants death to continue to shock him because if it didn't, it wouldn't make him any different from the Ascenders. I'm done. All right, so we're at the halfway checkpoint. This is the end of episode one. Jada, how drunk are you? I'm, I'm a 
five out of ten. I made kind of a mistake, guys. I have to work the next day. So, like, I thought I was going to be fine. And I think I'm still going to be fine. But I had the drink that I made had two shots of tequila in it. And then I ran out of that. So then I got, like, I just literally just splish splashed some Malibu. And I got some lemonade. And I'm sipping on that, getting ready for my part for part two. And I'm just really feeling it. So I think I'm, I'm definitely a five out of ten. I'm going to drink some water during your part in part two. (laughs) As long as you drink water tonight, like a good bit, you should be fine tomorrow. Yeah. But how, how drunk are you, Brooke? I'm like a 1.5, maybe a two. All right. I haven't even drank the whole first seltzer. Maybe I should just down one. No, it's up. No, you've got to go to your thing in the morning. Like it's fine. Plus I think I have some of like the major sex scenes. You have like 75% of them. (laughs) Okay, so I have 75% of the sex scenes in the next episode. So I actually have to drink. (laughs) I need to drink for those. It's not just like a, you know, a want, it's a need. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your current read? My current read is Darker Shades of Magic. And I see from Brooke's notes that... um, She's like, nah, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be knocked out for like two weeks. (laughs) I'm not reading shit. But um, we did have a very, very kind um, follower, listener. Allie, if you're out there, I'm going to shout you out. Hey, girl. She's one of my book friends. Met her on TikTok. Literally, like, we Snapchat each other all the time. Like, she is my, she is my girl. She sent me a three-month free with Audible because I am going to be laying on my back for four weeks and can't hold a book or really even look to see the TV. So I was like, what am I going to do? And she was so kind. I feel like it just, like, I really do feel, like, so... I feel so thankful that she would even consider me enough to do something like that for us. And so thank you, Allie. I really don't have a whole lot of words because I'm just so blown away. I really appreciate that. Like I'm going to get my use out of that and I'm going to be listening to the infernal devices whenever I'm lucid enough to comprehend anything. So, and if you want to keep in contact with us, Our Twitter, TikTok, and Patreon is Booked and Boozy. Our Insta and YouTube are Booked and Boozy Podcast. And if you want to send us, we've already pre-recorded our second Witching Hour episode, which will come out, but we're trying to get you this content first because we know that this is what you want to hear. But if you want to send us any kind of witchy content, ghosts, um, I don't know what the theme of our next one's going to be because it's going to be a while till we record, but like we are up for the early emails. Like if you've got something, let us know. Ghost stories. Nobody sends us main character moments, but that's okay. Send them in. <laughs> <laughs> and then just any questions or comments, we would really appreciate it. You can send it to bookedandboozy at gmail.com. All right. Love you guys. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. <laughs>